We are examining and looking at Jesus's encounter with Satan. Um, thank you, ushers. Prior to him um, going public with his ministry, Jesus went through a series of tests. And I want to say this to you, life is about choices. And I believe that God allows certain things to happen so that we, our faith can be tested, but that we can prove our worth, uh, genuineness. Whenever there's a test, it is always to prove your genuineness but also to grow you in maturity, all right? Um, you may encounter different types of tests. So today, if you have your Bibles, open it to uh, open your Bibles to Luke chapter four again. We're gonna we're gonna go to verse five. We're gonna look at the second um, temptation of Jesus. Life-changing choices. Verse 5. It says, And he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and its glory, for it has been handed over to me. And I will give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you worship before me, it shall be yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. I want to talk about this morning God's promises versus Satan's promises. Amen. Life-changing choices. Promises versus Satan's promises. Life-changing choices. I've told you from time to time that there are 7,400 and 87 promises that God has made to the believer. Yet even with that, we have a conflict. Uh, the conflict is because of temptation. Every temptation we face is rooted in a lie. I'm going to say it one more time. Every temptation we face is always rooted in a lie. The devil will tell you anything you want to hear to get you to do what he wants you to do. The devil always breaks his promises. He never delivers on what he promises. While sin may be enjoyable for a little while, in the end, 
it leads to bitterness. Can I tell you something? All of Satan's apples have worms. <laughs> no matter how attractive or appealing he may make it look. The Bible says the wages of sin is, is what? Is death. But the free gift of God is what? Eternal life in Christ Jesus. False prom the false promises of Satan uh, always lead you astray. Last week we saw the first encounter with Jesus and Satan. And um, it's amazing because I told you that Jesus has given us the blueprint. He's given us what we need in order to achieve victory. Oftentimes, the temptations that we all face, it may be attractive. But if it's not rooted in God's promises, if you can't go back to God's word and say, okay, that's part of the promise, then, then you're heading down the wrong road. Then you're believing, if you would, a lie. We all face temptations every day. We all have the ability, though, as believers with 7,000 promises to overcome the temptations that we feel, that we face. But not only that, but it boils down to our choices. You can keep saying the devil made me do it. You can blame him all you want, but until you and I make the choice to say that I am going to be victorious, do you not know that what you do in darkness will come to light? Do you not know that no matter how sweet the deal may look right now, eventually your choices reveals the outcome of your life. You may be dibbling and dabbling and tipping and dipping and amen, a little bit here and a little bit there, but eventually it starts showing up. You know what? It starts showing up in your character. Your choices reveals your character. Do I have anybody? We find that here Jesus has been baptized with the Holy Spirit, baptized by water. He has got the confirmation of his father, and now here he is in an encounter in a duel with the devil. He's in a showdown with the enemy. When was the last time you had a showdown with the enemy? And you know, the devil's not going to show up unattractive. He's going to show up exactly the way you want it. Amen. But it will always be to compromise what you believe. Do I have anybody? And so today I want to continue looking at these temptations. And so the text says in verse 5, it says, And after Jesus had answered him in verse 4 and told Satan that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, after Jesus had told Satan that, no, I'm not going to think about myself. I'm going to think about why I came. I'm going to continue with the mission. Some of us, we abort the mission because we're selfish. Because we want to gratify the flesh. You with me? 
But look what he says. He says he led him up. And so the first temptation I see here, he write it down, is the temptation to leave God's kingdom for a better opportunity. I'm going to say it one more time. The temptation to leave God's kingdom for a better opportunity. Now, you got to remember this, that Jesus is allowing Satan to lead him. But whenever you get pulled out or led out, you with me? Once you're away from the saints, once you're away from your point of protection, once you are away from worship and the word, you and I become what? More vulnerable, but Satan will always show up as opportunity. <laughs> Amen. Y'all ain't hear me. Amen. I, I say this to you. Don't tempt the devil because he's powerful. And just when you think you're strong, he's going to lead you astray. The temptation to be led astray will always be there. Watch this. But Satan will always present it as possibilities. You got to understand something. You got to pay close attention to whatever you get yourself involved in because the enemy wants to lead you to his domain to give you a perspective from the way he sees it, not the way God sees it. Come on and say amen. In Christ, you have everything you need. I don't know what you're looking for. I don't know what else you're looking for. But he'll always lead you to leave God's kingdom. You ever notice that? The struggle is always between God's kingdom and the world. Look what the text says. The text says he led him up, and what did he do? He showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I'm going to just do showing him all the kingdoms of the world. What Satan did, he was offering Jesus, <laughs> you ready? A crown without a cross. He was offering Jesus, Satan, Satan's method involved a detour around the cross. In other words, he was offering him incentives to take the easy way to power. Write this down. Second temptation is this. The temptation to take the easy way in life. The temptation to what? To take the easier way in life. Do I have anybody? Jesus came to save us and one day set up his kingdom here on earth. But not, but watch this, but not the way Satan was offering it. He had to suffer. We all want an easy life. Come on, y'all. We don't want hardships. We don't want trials. We don't want, listen, and some of us have bought into the idea that the only way up is easy. This temptation was an attempt to offer Jesus power by the wrong means. It was an attempt by Satan to say, man, you ain't got to suffer. I'll give it to you. 
I'll give you all of this. Don't you worry about that. Can I, can I help somebody with something? The enemy is always looking for an opportunity to give you an opportunity to take the easy way out. Oh, but you got to pray. You got to fast. You got to travail. You got to come on somebody. You got to stand firm in your faith. You got to stand on the word of God. No matter how hard it may look right now. No matter how difficult it may seem right now. Don't take the easy way out. Look at it and ask yourself a question. What do I have to compromise to get it? Y'all follow me? But watch this though. He says that he showed it to him in the moment of time. Hear this Greek word for moment. The word moment, it means a point. Like a period after a sentence. Watch where I'm going with this. So in an infinite timeline, in an infinite timeline, it would literally just be a dot. In a point of time. <laughs> watch, watch this. Satan, you ready? Apparent, apparently his domain over this world is only a moment compared to eternity. Write this point down. The temptation to trade eternity for possibility. To give up your eternal life. To trade in eternity. Oh, I wish I had somebody this morning. Amen. Satan only rules what God allows him to rule. And when Jesus looked at it, he said, man, that ain't no good deal. Why would you take a moment in time when you have eternity? Why would you trade in? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You're crossed <laughs> and forfeit your crown. What, what we must do, we must endure. Watch this. In this brief time that we have in, on earth compared to eternity, see, what we don't look, what we don't think, saints, why do we trade it in? Because what we're trying to do is get our ease right now, not thinking about future. I want to tell somebody eternity is waiting you. Eternity is awaiting you. We have 84,400 seconds a day. 8,760 hours every year to fulfill God's calling on our lives. Why are you killing time? Why are we trading in eternal, oh, come on, somebody, eternity for possibility? Because that's what he was doing. He was presenting possibility with no guarantee. He was saying, look, you can have this. But notice, he did not show it to him up close. He showed it to him in a panoramic view. And it was just a point of time. 
when God owns all time. He's Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. And when you come to know Christ, your eternal security is there. But Satan wants you to forfeit it for possibilities that will just gratify your flesh here on earth. You with me? Look at verse 6. So after the devil did that, he's like, shoot, I'm man, please. Devil said to him, notice, notice something here, right? He led him and then he spoke to him. Verse 6. He didn't say a word when he was, see, I, I, I'm going to share something with you. I believe that Satan thought that for some reason that Jesus was so vulnerable that he would give in. The reason you come at a person a certain kind of way is because you kind of believe something about them. What the devil didn't know is that he was God. So it tells me that even though the devil is powerful, watch this, he's not all-knowing. He's not everywhere at the same time. Come on, somebody. He is limited in power, but he's powerful. But yet, he's still talking to Jesus. The devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and its glory. The third thing, the fourth thing is this. The temptation to compromise for power and fame. Instagram famous. YouTube famous. You know, that, that, that's what we're dealing with right now. That's used to be you used to have a talent to be famous. You used to have to have something going on to be famous. Now anybody could be famous. Just get on there and do any kind of crazy stuff, and you got instant fame. Do I have anybody? But can I tell you something? The devil will always tempt you with possibilities. But he'll also tempt us to compromise for power. Listen, though Jesus had world rulership, if he had given in, he would have to depend on Satan. Look what Satan was offering. He says, I will give you this domain in all its glory. You see that? Satan's claim here is a lie. Because watch this. Satan can't give Jesus what he don't own. Tell your neighbor, fool's gold. That's what that is. <laughs> Listen, he was offering Jesus something that he didn't even own. How are you going to give away something that's not yours? The devil had authority over earth, but not authority to deliver a kingdom. I wish I had you. The devil's authority was limited. His authority was to delegate, not own. And how can you delegate what don't belong to you? Seems to me that the devil didn't really know who Jesus was. Or he thought because he was hungry physically that he was weak spiritually. Who knows? The strange thing is he's lying to Jesus and somehow either he's like, well, I'm going to just keep lying and maybe, maybe he'll fall for it. <laughs> Here's what Satan was doing. He was trying to mess up our salvation. 
I'm going to say it one more time. He was trying to mess up our salvation because had Jesus taken the power, the easy way to power, we wouldn't be saved today. Come on, help me somebody. But here's the deep thing about it. He would have never been able to deliver. How many of you have gotten fooled by people? You believed what they said. And in the end, they could not deliver on what they offered. How many people have accepted what he's offered, though? How many people have given up their Christian life for power and fame and popularity? Come on, somebody, and notoriety and all this other stuff. But saints, you and I in a struggle here. And he's always going to say, listen, I will give you. It'll be yours. See, you can have your own business. You can have this new job. But you got to remember one thing. You got to work day and night. You got to work night and day. You, you're not going to rest. You're not going to have family time. You're not going to have a worship time. You're not going to have. Listen, it comes with a price. Do I have anybody? Satan said, listen, I'll give it to you. But how can you give away something that's not yours? Look what he says. Look what he says. He says, and, and watch what he says now. He says, and I will give you all this domain and its glory. That's the fame piece. For it has been handed to me, and I give it to who what? whoever I wish. Therefore, here we go, if, now the if here is different than last week's if. The if here is a conditional participle. Last week was hypothetically. This week it is an invitation. It is a conditional participle that you got to give something up to get this. Now, I want you to real real quick, just pause for a minute. I believe God's going to show you something here in a second. What is God trying to give you? What is Satan trying to give you? You understand what I'm saying? And here's a question. Here's a question. Here's a question. What are you willing to give up to get it? Look what he says. He says, therefore, if you worship, what? Before me. You got to catch Satan's play on words. Now, the way he presented it as conditional, but it's also a condition that's transactional. He says, uh, you know what? You don't have to worship me. But you got to just worship before me. And if you worship before me, you know, you know, you don't have to bow to, you just have to worship before me, then guess what's yours? Ask your question, what, what is Satan offering you? Or what has he offered you? But you know what I found out about Satan? You know what this verse tells me about Satan? 
It tells me three things about Satan. Number one, that Satan wants to be God. Number two, that Satan wants glory like God. And number three, Satan wants glory from man. Okay. What does the text tell us? That man's greatest gift that he can give to God is not money, but worship. And when God gives you money and you bring it back to him, it's an act of worship. Are you with me? So the next temptation, I believe, is the, the, the temptation to achieve success at the price of worship. The temptation to achieve success Worship in the spiritual realm is valuable. Worship is what God wants. Come on and help me somebody. Worship is what God desires. Worship is how God, how man can show to God that God, I surrender all. And I surrender all to you, God. That God, no matter what I'm going through, I'm going to lift my hands and praise you. I'm going to worship you because worship is what, what you invite. Worship is what you want from your creature. Worship is what you want from creation. But the devil wants it too. Comes at a price. And you may think, oh, well, I'm not really worshiping him. I'm worshiping before him. What's wrong with that? Somebody was thinking in mind. What's wrong with that? Well, here's what worship can be compromised by. Success. Money. Power. Gain. And, and the question is, are we worshiping the wrong one? The Bible says in Romans 1 that they worship the creature rather than the creator. Notice Satan's slick words. All worship is worship. Remember that. And when we choose anything over God to worship, we're worshiping something else. God wants your worship. Because your worship is your worship. If God means anything to you today, hallelujah to his holy name. The richest man in the world, the Tesla founder. Uh, I was looking, doing a little research on him. He's a crazy fellow. Real, real smart. Too smart, he's, so cra he's crazy. He says he's so consumed by his work, it should be unhealthy to live like this. He says he sleeps in the office. He wakes up in the office. He stays there. He works. He has four failed marriages. Listen, this man has all the money in the world, but he has given up for, the, for an act of worship. Satan wants us to be preoccupied with the wrong success. Success becomes the way we worship. 
The question is, what price are you going to pay for your success? What price are we going to pay? Verse 8, we find the third antidote. I'm sorry, the second antidote. He says, therefore, verse 7, if you worship before me, it shall be yours. Life-changing choices, man. Watch this. Jesus answered him, it is written. What did Jesus do? Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 6 again. So the antidote is the word. And what did Jesus say to Satan? It is written. You shall worship the Lord what? And he declares to Satan in that moment, your creator is God. So guess what, <laughs> Mr. Tesla? Everything you have came from God. You can forfeit eternity for possibility if you want. But, but remember this, in the end, you will have to worship the Lord your God, watch this, and serve him what? Only. How you overcome this is you make up in your mind, number one, that you're going to be a worshiper, and number two, you're going to be a servant. You see, your life, if you overcome the temptation, watch this, of success, glory, power, and fame will be amazing if you become a worshiper. If you and I make up in our minds that we're going to pursue better worship. Come on, somebody. If we're going to pursue pure worship, if we're going to give God everything we have and, and give God our praise and, our, and give God his glory and, and no matter what, what it looks like, that you're going to serve God and make serving God a priority. It is written that all success that will ever come to you it is because of your worship. May I ask you a question? How blessed are you today? You can look at your blessing and look at your worship, and when you match it together, you'll find out how rich you are. But I want to say to somebody here today, no matter what you're going through, how you feel this morning, it is a good time to worship him. No matter what the temptation may be like, you got to stop for a moment and say, God, I'm going to worship you because you said it is written. It is written. It is written. What is, what is written? That you shall worship, lap like a dog, eat from the master's hand. But here's the thing. You can't stand to worship. You got to bow to worship. You got to get low enough to worship. Why? Because God inhabits the praises of his people. Psalm 24 says, the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, and they that dwell in it. So they that dwell in it ought to give him glory. And if Satan won't stop at tempting Jesus to get worship, what do you think he's going to do for you? He wants you to come to church and sit down and be cute and comfortable rather than worship. 
intellectuals. No, God, I don't want no intellectuals. I want you to get undignified this morning. I want you to praise me. I want you to hallelujah me. I want you to yada me. I want you to bow down before me and give me praise. Why? Because when the devil gets on your back, you got to remember this, that worship is like allergies to the devil. When you do it, he has to leave. I wish I had a few people who understand what I'm talking about. That no matter what temptation may come, that you're going to make up in your mind whatever the Satan is offering you, that you're going to make up in your mind, I'm going to worship to get what I want. I'm going to serve to get what I want. If you want success, God says, worship me. If you want prosperity, worship me. If you want good health, serve me. If you want to live a victorious life, worship me. Because it seems to me that Satan has gotten real good and comfortable. Come on, somebody. Winning when he's a loser. I wish I had somebody who switched the tags. One day, some thieves broke into a store, and they didn't steal anything. They went in, and they exchanged the tags. They took a $6,000 tag off of a diamond ring and put it on an imitation diamond. They took an imitation diamond tag of $995 and put it on a $6,000 ring. They took an imitation print painting and reversed its tag with that of an expensive original. People came in and bought the stuff. They spent a lot of money on worthless and little and a little bit of money on expensive stuff. We live in a culture today that has switched the tags. We put a lot of money on flashy and put 39 cents on character. We put a lot of money on expensive cars and high position, but we put 10 cents on integrity, on truthfulness, on dignity, on character, on worship. We switch the tag. Don't let nobody switch your tag. Don't let nobody take your praise. Don't let nobody take your worship. Listen, it's Sunday morning, 9 a.m. in Houston, Texas, and we ought to praise God because he's valuable. No matter what the devil tried to fool you with this morning, you ought to worship him. You ought to praise him. You ought to give him glory. Why? Because when you worship and serve him, because it's written, you will succeed. You will succeed, y'all. Listen, listen, listen. I know what the world is offering, but let me tell you something. If you really tap into what you already have, worship God. Don't fall for this slick talk. Satan is a slickster, man. He, he will try to convince you that if I give up, man, I got to go grind. I got to go get more. I got to go get more. You ever notice you're getting more, but you're getting less? You're getting less sleep, less joy, less happiness, living day for day and still don't have nothing. 
but when you have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. When you have the joy of the Lord is my strength. When you find out that his mercies are new every morning, great is thy faithfulness. When you find that out, then you realize you have more than what you bargained for. You have more. You know, does God want you to have? He does. But what price are you going to pay for? What price are we paying for? it? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, 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 I could go a lot of different ways in life. Amen. But you know what got me? I ain't trading eternity for possibility. Matter of fact, anything that Satan offers as a possibility is a lie. It's a lie. And he keeps lying. And he keeps telling you, man, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. If you try harder, it's going to get better. If you just hunker down, it's going to get better. God said, if you worship me, it's really going to get better. If you serve me, it's going to get better. Come on, y'all. Why? Because the God we serve is powerful. But the choice, remember, Jesus could have taken a shortcut. That's what I told you. He, he, he could have taken a, a round away. He could have taken the easy way out, but he did not. He took the cross so he can wear the crown. And what Satan was offering was another deal. Man, you know how much I learned about Satan in, this, in these few verses? I learned a lot about him. And, and I recognize when he's talking. Oh, you know what? We could just, we can just, you know, if we just, you know, it ain't going to hurt nothing. A little bit here, a little bit there. And then all of a sudden, you caught up in that little bit because it tastes good. He showed it to him. Satan shows us a point and we get excited. And God says, I'm offering you eternity. I'm offering you a chance to live forever. He's offering you a chance to live now. Live your best life now. How can you live your best life in a fallen world? Hmm? Without the Holy Spirit. Without the word of God. How can you live your best life now when the world is under a curse? Just ask him. And whatever Satan is offering, you got to learn how to recognize it. Amen. Give God a hand clap. Praise God.